0: If you're an athlete, more likely than not, you will face mental barriers, mental hurdles, and mental warfare during your time in sports. As a Christian in the athletic world, how can we face these trials through Christ? What do we do to stop the stigma surrounding getting help for your mental health? How can we even stop these things before they go too far? Well, on today's episode, you're going to hear from someone that has experience not only as an athlete on this subject, but as someone who advocates for every athlete in terms of getting mentally ready for sports. Founder of Athletic Fortitude and former Division One football player Colin Jonov joins us today to talk about conquering mental hurdles that we face as athletes. As someone who struggled with this during and following his playing days, Colin brings a wealth of knowledge into this conversation that you're not going to want to miss. And I know this is something that we talk about so often on this podcast, but I think it just shows how important it is to talk about. In my opinion, mental health is just as important, if not more important than your physical health. And this is something that we need to be able to talk about and get help if you need it. So stick around and make sure to subscribe to our show and please go check out Athletic Fortitude. I will make sure to put a link in the description to that. Uh, They have so many great, amazing resources over there for every athlete that steps onto the field. How are we doing, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Competing for Christ podcast. I'm your host Ken Burke, and today we get to talk to Colin Johnov. Colin, thank you so much for coming on today, sir. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, man. Thanks, thanks for having me. I'm I'm excited to to get this rolling with you today. Yeah, me as
0: well. I'm really looking forward to it, and. Obviously, uh, i love to give get a little bit of background about you before we get started today. So can you just give us some background on your athletic career and how your faith has been interwoven within sports?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in a small town outside of Pittsburgh, um, you know, Easton City, Murraysville is the area. Franklin Regional is the high school I went to. Um, from the time I was little, you know, played multiple sports, was fortunate enough to, to play three sports in high school, and then um, from there... I uh, played collegiate football at Bucknell University, played collegiate football at the University of Pittsburgh, and then as I like to say, I had a cup of coffee with the Buffalo Bills, right? I was there for about a week before I got cut. Um, but, you know, faith has played an important role you know, in my life, honestly, and if it wasn't for my wife now, um, who is my high school sweetheart, you know, she she introduced me to, to our faith and, and the, our relationship with God. and you know, so grateful to to have met her and have her really be a part of the most important parts of my athletic journey and my relationship with our faith. Um, You know, so so that's a little bit about me and and, um, used my experiences to start a company called Athletic Fortitude, you know, helps athletes deal with with mental health, performance psychology, uh, and anything in between. Um, So, you know, just my experiences athletically and then with my faith have really brought me to kind of where I'm at today.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll definitely talk a lot
0: about athletic fortitude to today and just the mental uh, barriers that athletes face, I mean every single day. What lessons did you learn though from playing division 1 uh, football and then obviously chasing your dream as a professional football player for a little bit?
1: Yeah, I think one of the main things I've learned, right, is you know, we get obsessed with this concept of hard work and it almost creates a sense of entitlement like if we work hard we are do something the reality is you know hard work is the bare minimum and right depending how you want to define hard work but just because you work hard doesn't mean that you're entitled to something and when you work hard and you fail it's almost like you start pointing fingers instead of pointing it directly at yourself right and leaning on you know like i you know obviously the, the main point of the podcast but leaning on your faith right leaning on your relationship with god that's what's going to kind of get you through things right and a lot of you know dealing with mental health dealing with performance psychology there's faith-based underlyings right they're going to help you get through so you know to reiterate hard work is the bare minimum and mm. you're not owed anything for hard work hard work is going to give you a chance it's going to give you an opportunity and then it's going to be the next steps that help you capitalize on those opportunities
0: mm. yeah and I'm reminded about this all of the time, especially as an athlete. And you go into the job market; everybody's working hard. Like no one is not working hard. So if you go into an interview, like saying you work hard is not (laughs) like they've heard that millions of times before. And so you gotta find a a a different synonym, if you will. Um, But yeah, it's that's a really good word because. Everybody works hard. That's the bare minimum as an athlete. It just depends on, I mean, there's a lot of dependencies, right? I'm sure like some luck plays involved is involved there and some just timing and some, a lot of other things too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So much goes into it, right? And, you know, when I say hard work's the, the bare minimum, You know, there's always ability to work harder, there's ability to work smarter, there's ability to lean on people, learn how to connect, right? Learn how to dive deep into kind of who you are as a person and connecting with your teammates, your coaches, right? Your leaders, whatever the case is, right? And learning how to pull the best out of yourself and pull the best out of other people. So you just working hard on your craft is going to get you to a certain point, right? But then learning how to go that extra mile in an efficient manner, right, is what's going to really capitalize on, on everything that you want in life.
0: Yeah, and then obviously you went through Division one, you, you had a cup of coffee with the Bills, what did you, when you had to stop playing, what went through your mind in terms of like how you viewed yourself and your identity? Did you have like a crisis in, in terms of identity?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I actually think that that's one of the pillars, if not the main pillar of Athletic Fortitude that I started is the identity crisis that you experience and not only do i think that that's a monumental aspect once you're done i actually think that that is one of the underlying factors in which causes a lot of the performance anxiety symptoms that we experience is the lack of a true identity right because a lot of sports is relying on external rewards outcome focus things like that and then when you're done playing it's oh, I've, I've always been identified as an athlete from other people. That's all people talk to me about is me being an athlete. That's all I've ever been good at is athletics, right? And so when I got cut, I realized, like, shoot, like, what's my self-worth, right? Like, what am I? Who am I, right? So I went through the, this period, and there was probably a three-week period where I, I actually think I binged eight McDonald's every single day in this just wall of, like, self-sympathy and it's it was the worst thing to do but at the same time it was one of the best things because it transitioned me into realizing all right i need to fix this i need to deep dive i need to start realizing what's going on in my life and over the last you know three four years actually four years now um i've understood the the root cause of all these issues and i've been able to build myself back up and take these teachings on how to build identity and apply it to all of athletics. Because when you when I look back at my career, it took me getting cut to realize it, but my lack of identity was the cause of all my problems psychologically when I was competing. The performance anxiety, the imposter syndrome, right, the, the comparison issues. You know, all of these things were due to my lack of identity, right? Learning how to cope with dealing with injuries. You know, all of it can be tied back to lack of identity, and if you're really good at it, good at coping with those things, the reality is you probably have a really strong sense of self and strong sense of identity.
0: Yeah. And and that just goes back to, I'm not sure what verse or what book of the Bible it is um, off the top of my head, but it says, you know, he's, it says that God knows the plans of the future for you. You may not know what they're for right now, but obviously you will in the future. And I think I relate to that so much starting this podcast because I went through that identity crisis too. I went through all of these mental hurdles that, in the in the midst of it, I had no idea what was going on. But looking back now, I'm obviously like really thankful that I did, so I can speak out on that and give resources for Christian athletes too. Because that's, I mean, that's why I do the podcast.
1: Yeah, I love that. And honestly, the the faith aspect is huge too. Being exactly what you said, being able to understand. I may not know why everything is happening right now, but I do know that there's a greater purpose for me now and in the future. And there's a reason why all of this is happening, regardless of what it, whatever it is that you're going through. Having that mentality and having that faith base to, to back it up is, is super empowering and, and super just comforting.
0: Did you ever go to a sports psychologist or how how would that relationship how'd you figure out that relationship of your mental awareness and mental wellness really it contributes tenfold to how you how you perform on the athletic field?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. So I actually I saw a sports psychologist one time in my life. It was after I had sustained probably my fourth or fifth concussion in my career. It was my senior year at Bucknell. Um And honestly, didn't have a a great experience with it. Didn't feel like they connected with me on a deeper level, right? And and not to say that he's – I'm not saying he's bad at his profession or whatever it is, but I felt he couldn't truly relate to what I was going through. Mm. So for me, when I really made the transition, was obviously through my faith, but then actually reading about different athletes who have gone through different things reading recent research that has, that has dealt with identity and being able to look through the lens of my own experiences, connect with different athletes, read different books about people who could relate to the specifics of what I was going through is where I really had my transition. Um, so at, at that point, it, it wasn't with a professional. It was really kind of just, you know, I hate the term self-help, but learning how to, to help myself out through different readings, different connections, different people. Mm, yeah.
0: Yeah. That's huge. That's so
1: huge. And now what is, what is your vision for helping athletes with athletic fortitude? The the big picture is obviously, you know, we want to, uh, I want to build the company to be the world leader in, in helping athletes. And we do it through a couple of different ways, right? Right now the, one of the main sources, I put out a weekly newsletter, I write a weekly blog. It's all information in the professional world of, of you know, motivation, inspiration, mental health right every article or every uh, newsletter uh, includes an article of a professional athlete who has gone through something and how they overcame it and then to supplement that it, i provide what, what i like to call either an inspirational writing or some type of playbook for athletes to use um, i also include tweets from from you know top people around the world um, on, on different inspirational topics and then there's the other aspect of it right now that i've thoroughly enjoyed and And has probably been my favorite part is so I created a private community right now. It's just for professional athletes, right? I personally vet every athlete that comes in and we meet in groups of four to six people. I moderate these discussions and these guys come in and they're open. You know, they talk about whatever they're going through from a um, psychological perspective. And I help guide these discussions and get these guys to lean on one another and really build strength in the pack. Right. So that's the other part. And there's other elements to 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 the business as well. But um, being able to reach guys on on a deep level uh, is ultimately what what we're trying to do right now. Wow. Yeah, that's I mean, first
0: of all, your admiration is so amazing because, you know, you want to be at the top of that field. And how did you come up with this idea? Obviously, you you know, you went through all of these mental hurdles. But when did you say like, hey, this is a big need and I need to start something with this?
1: Yeah, honestly, so it's been going on for for a few different years, right? It started back in, um, you know, 2019, when I got cut, then when COVID hit, and um, it took many different, you know, shapes and forms and how we wanted to approach. For me, personally, what, what I first found is, like, when I started to go through this, I absolutely love to write. I love to journal. I love to write. So that's what sparked the newsletter aspect of it, because I was going to write anyway. So I might as well share those out with the world in the way I think and the things that I've learned. Then the uh, private community aspect, right, how that came about was we tried different business models, right? We tried hosting events. We did other things um, that were all super expensive up front, right? Hard to finance, hard to put these things together, build notoriety. So we changed the business model like, hey, maybe you know events can reach a broader audience, but maybe we can help and have more intimate relationships if we changed this community aspect, right? So we, not, we may not be able to reach you know a 100,000 people overnight, but we may be able to help five, 10, 20, 100 athletes over time really deeply, emotionally, and help them achieve their goals. Right. So then that's how we decided, like, OK, how can we do this? You know, what are the different ways we can attach attach people and how can we do it effectively and efficiently? All right, And so that's part of the how we came to the community, because it's like, well, hey, listen, part of being an athlete, you know, when you're going through these things, you think you're alone, but you're really not. And the reality is so many other athletes are going through the same thing. So like, all right, let's get a group setting. Let's keep it smaller. So we can keep it intimate and keep it personalized, but also get different perspectives from different sports, right? It's like a football player and a golfer might have a different psychological thing that they're going through. But they also might have, you know, a trick or a tip that works for them that they can relate to another athlete that we may not have thought of. Right. So that's kind of the progression of how it happened and how we started bringing these guys together and seeing the the results and the feedback has just been you know, more than I I could have expected.
0: Yeah. And I I think that's so amazing for so many athletes out there because like you said, we feel alone. Like when you go through this stuff, no matter if you're on a team or you're a, a golfer or a tennis player that is just out there by themselves, you feel alone because you think no one else is going through these things. Because to be honest, in the past, this hasn't really been talked about a whole lot. And How are you relating this or how are you relaying that athletes need to talk about mental wellness? Because this is a really big topic
1: for a lot of athletes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the biggest part, right, is guys have to get past the buzzword, right? Like we say mental health and we think like, oh, it's just depression or it's someone being soft, right? We look at the opposite ends of the spectrum. The reality is, and that's why I always like to say anything from mental health to performance psychology and everything in between, Because when we talk about this topic, it's so wide ranging, there's so many different emotions, there's so many different things that we can experience and feel, right? So it's learning how to get these guys to be like, hey, listen, you're not weak for having something that you're going through, right? You're also not super strong for packing it in and not thinking about it, right? So it's like, hey, let's actually look at some of the obstacles, some of the adversity, some of the things that you're going through, and let's actually take an approach to get over this and not only get over this bounce forward, right? You look at some of the greatest athletes in the world. They all had some type of psychological component, psychological advantage, psychological coach with them. So it's like, okay, let's learn from not only those athletes, let's learn from those coaches. Let's take the principles. Let's, you know, in athletic fortitude. We add our own twist and the things that we believe and let's get it to these athletes. Right. And it's empowering. You, You see guys, you know, from session one to session four, you see them open up in a new manner. You see them being more willing to speak because they're able to see what other guys are going through and they're not alone, right? And it's empowering when you see other people going through it. So get past the buzzwords, learn what some of those buzzwords mean and what those buzzwords mean, excuse me, and what they actually entail, right? So, so that's kind of how we want to approach it, right? And it's, I like to always say, your mind has to be stronger than your feelings and emotions. Cause your emotions and your feelings are going to lie to you and tell you something that's not true. So we face them head on and we deep dive and we look at what is the root cause of what I'm feeling and how do I obliterate this, right? How do I just absolutely dominate this? And it's understanding that there's always room for growth. You know, there's ups and downs. You're never going to be perfect, but it's awesome. It's an awesome, awesome feeling. Once you harness it to know that you have no ceiling on this and you can't keep climbing. It's just being willing and being humble enough to start at the bottom and work up.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's huge for every athlete out there because I I think it's so common in today's sports society. I think you should, you can say that you, you think you're so much bigger and so much better because you do hold it in and you don't express those emotions, especially for guys. I mean, like we can hold stuff in for months and years at a time. I know I, at least I can. And that's why today I really wanted to have you on because I I really want you to explain how we can get over these mental hurdles that we face. Obviously you have, you've had experiences with that, but you've read so much. What are, what are some of the things that you've learned about getting over mental hurdles throughout this journey?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it ties back into what we alluded to and first started talking about. It's with that identity piece, mm. right? So there's a number of different exercises that I take every you know athlete that I work with, right? And everything is to kind of develop a, a certain um, certain characteristic traits, right? And they're all tied into like, all right, let's build our identity, right? And it can sound counterproductive, right? But you have to train yourself as an athlete to... Almost not care about outcomes and results. Obviously, and you know, I think the normal follow-up you would think is me talking about the process, and the process is super elite and important. But it's actually becoming super focused with the internal and in and the intrinsic, right? Because athletic goals, financial goals, um, you know, buying new cars, buying a house, those things are super attainable. Well, what happens after you get those, right? Then you become It's like, well, now what, right? So let's take a step back and let's figure out what do I love? What am I passionate about? What gives me fulfillment, right? So it's like, instead of saying I'm a professional baseball player or I'm a professional football player, change the mindset to, I love a physical challenge. I love a mental challenge. I love an emotional challenge. I love spiritual challenge, right? Because there's no cap to that, right? you can keep embracing challenges you can keep moving forward right so it's hey i love competing i love going out there on the mound and throwing my best pitches every single time regardless of whether you know i give up six home runs in a game i'm still gonna thoroughly enjoy every single opportunity i have out there because i know i just love to compete i love that physical challenge and then when your career ends it's like okay yeah i loved playing baseball but I also love that physical, emotional, mental, spiritual challenge. Now, where else can I apply this, right? And instead of it being like a a sense of loss and a a sense of confusion when when things don't go your way, it's like, I really just love and enjoy this. And what it does to your brain is it it takes the stress off of you, right? And sometimes stress is good. I think a, a misconception is when we get feelings of butterflies, we instantly want to say we're stressed or we're nervous. But the reality is it's excitement in nerves carry the same feelings and it goes back to saying your your mind needs to be stronger than your feelings and emotions, you actually get to choose to be excited. Right? Or you choose to be nervous. So it's learning what these feelings are coming in and learning how to express them outward. Right? And I think a lot of it ties into that identity piece. Right. Because now when I'm pitching on the mound, you know, it's the ninth inning, bases loaded, two outs, I'm not thinking about how stressed and hyper focused I am. I'm thinking about, wow, this is an awesome moment that I get to embrace right and my identity whether i give up this run or whether i get this guy out is going to re- remain the same it's going to remain untouched and no external factor has power over me i've mastered myself i've mastered my identity i've mastered my love for what i'm doing
0: mhm and yeah that that is carried on after you play sports too and i'm sure you feel this too when you watch sports you're not you're not as inclined as getting upset Uh, When you watch sports, if something goes wrong or getting so excited that you're outside of yourself, you just appreciate having those experiences. And I I know, at least for me, when I started on this journey of mental wellness and, you know, how does Christ fit into sports, now I'm constantly just appreciative of watching a a really good game or seeing something that's in the news about, you know, somebody speaking out for Christ in sports. And I think that's a really good point is— You know, sometimes you don't have to care about the outcome every single time because like it is a process and you know, that's a, I think that's another buzzword is, uh, trust the process now, but yeah, that, that is so good. Such great advice for every athlete out there for sure.
1: Yeah. Actually something you said that I really think is important is when you start to remove your identity and even after you're done and you're watching, you still absolutely love watching the people you love and the teams you love can like play. You get pure enjoyment out of that. And whether they win or lose, you are you are not gonna sit there and criticize, right? You're not gonna be overcritical. You know, you're really gonna just enjoy getting the opportunity to watch people and teams you play or teams you like play. And I think that's a really important distinction in what you just said because we live in a world of social media, everyone's a Twitter GM, everyone's you know the best coach in the world, everyone knows the solutions. And the reality is that's just our, that's our own ego talking. And it's really just sh- taking the joy away from the, the sports that are being played in front of us. And that's actually something that, you know, I find myself, I don't like to argue much anymore, which to people <laughs> who know me sounds shocking because <laughs> I used to love to argue, but you know, when you work on yourself, right, it's, I'm not going to sit here and argue and critique these athletes when I know, there's so much more going on than just what we see out on the field.
0: That's so weird because when I like, when you start going down this path, even when you play somebody that, you know, it, maybe you're playing a rival or whatever, who it is, if they make a good play, you like, you're appreciative of them making that play because they're like, wow, like that's a really, that was a phenomenal catch or whatever it may be. Uh, and, you know, even in the heat of the moment, you might appreciate that as well. But, I think many times athletes are viewed as like these gods of human beings because, you know, their status or how they look and it's not based on how they feel. Do you think that we must look at athletes in a different lens or like us as fans have to look at athletes in a different lens?
1: Yeah. So spot on, right? Everyone looks at athletes and think they're warriors. They think they're, they basically think they're robots, not humans. But they have the exact same emotions as anybody else. And people think just because they make multi-millions of dollars that they shouldn't have emotions or that they shouldn't feel pain or they should be able to take criticism or whatever the case is. But at the end of the day, whether you're a hundred millionaire or you have a hundred dollars in your bank account, if everywhere you look, someone's criticizing every step you take, it's really hard to deal with that. Mm. Right? So when we are looking at athletes and we're talking about, you know, professional like professional sports or collegiate sports and how these guys are performing. And, you know, every time we think about pressing send on a tweet or, you know, on a video, whatever the call is, or just ripping someone publicly. Think about how you would feel if someone came to your office at your uh, place of work and told you how much you sucked and think about if you had money, if that's really going to help you. Now, obviously, money, it provides you different advantages in life, but it's not the end all be all. I know plenty of people who are super wealthy, who are super miserable, and I know people who aren't very wealthy, who are super happy, right? So it's actually regardless of whether you're a professional athlete right, or whether you're a school janitor, one of the most unbelievable humans I've ever met is the janitor at my local high school when I go to the because I still live in my hometown. When I go to the field and work out, I see him there all the time. We talk for 30 minutes every single time. Right, and then I know people who I see every day who have an insane amount of money. Every day is a stretch. Who I see, you know, monthly, who have tons of money are just always complaining and miserable. Right. So when we look at athletes, remember they're people. They have real emotions, and understand that they're likely going through something similar to what you are. And when you recognize those things, you might be a little slower to criticize some of these people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's not fair at all. When we put these athletes as, you know, they are entertainers, but we put them almost in the same category as actors or entertainers in Broadway or whatever like that. And, you know, a lot of the time they just want to play the game that they love. They play the game that they grew up playing. And I, I when you were talking about that, I, I was really reminding of Nikola Jokic, because, you know, after he just won that championship, he was like, I got to go home to see my horses. <laughs> like, Yep, that's exactly like, right. Come on. That is, I mean, obviously, I I don't know his faith, but uh, that was a really good perspective. And, you know, even when he was celebrating with his teammates, he was still celebrating with his, his wife and his daughter and stuff like that. That was really refreshing to see.
1: Yes. Uh, and I think... Basketball is weirdly just one of those sports. Probably because there's only five guys on the court, you can always see their faces. Yeah. It's always on, you know, highlights on, you know, Fox Sports, ESPN, you know, whatever. Basketball guys are almost the easiest to relate to or not relate to, right? So, you know, what you said with like Nikola Jokic, I love seeing every bit of that, yeah. right? And the best part of it was hearing his teammates say, "That's authentically him," right? Like he is who he is all the time, and I love that as athletes. Right. And I always like to admit, like times where I was wrong, like Steph Curry used to be someone who I couldn't stand, you know, before I went through all this. Right. But Steph Curry, someone who I've come to love and admire, not only for his ability on the court, but how he talks about himself and his faith and his, um, you know, his athletic career off the court. Right. And one of my favorite things that he ever said was, um, you know, just talking about like his excitement and joy for the game. And he was like, listen, he's like, I know, he's like, my fans, he's like, are over, like, joyous for me in in terms of, like, allowing me to, like, shimmy and do all the showboating. He's like, they're probably, they come to my events too quickly. He's like, and I know my my haters are are pretty hard on it. He's like, but at the end of the day, he's like, that's how I have fun playing basketball. He's like, that's how I block out the rest of the noise. He's like, sometimes, do, do I push it a little too far? He's like, yeah, maybe. He's like, but I'd always rather err on the side of having fun and riding my emotional wave than not having fun and not being joyous out there. And to hear that like perspective, it made me think like, man, here I am annoyed that this guy's out here showboating, but the reality is that's how he finds peace, right? So it's like, you know, I have to check myself every time I'm getting annoyed with an athlete just because he's on a team I don't like. Right. But the reality is like these guys all behave in a certain way for a reason. So it's like being able to take a step back, checking my ego and being like, OK, why are they like that? Is it a good reason? Is it a bad reason? Not really my place to judge. But, you know, at the end of the day, when I see things like that, I, I, I've just become fans. I think, yeah,
0: when you're when you're surrounded by sports on social media and you still play sports and you watch sports, it can be really easy to just think of them as not a game. Like it's it's still just a game. It's still a kid's game that adults play, really. Right. And the last question I wanted to ask you is how can athletes – how could they not let mental hurdles get in the way before they even have these experiences in sports? How can they combat it before they even get to the point of depression or anxiety or whatever that may be?
1: Yeah. So I think a couple things and whatever saying that, that you kind of want to use, right, is, you know, embrace the suck, find peace in the pain, right? Use darkness as an opportunity to rebuild yourself, right? So it's understanding and it's a mentality that um, actually, you know, one of my favorite like social media, I don't know what to call them, uh, influencers, his name's Sahil Bloom. He, he, uh, tweeted a thread on this topic called the surfers mentality. And it's something that I've like undoubtedly adopted in my life. Right. And the premise of it is like, listen, a surfer looks at a wave, right. And they're going to ride that wave and they're going to super, they're going to enjoy it superbly, even though knowing that it's going to crash. Right, And when it crashes, it's like, hey, I'm not gonna be upset about it. I know another wave's coming, right? So enjoying those great times, but also know, no matter what happens in life, there's gonna be a down period. There's going to be adversity, whether you've experienced it yet or not, it's coming, right? And it's empowering to know that one, I can endure that, and I'm gonna come out stronger on the other side, and two, to know that no matter what, something else good is coming your way, and when it does, you should enjoy the heck out of it, right? So that that's my advice to, to any athlete, any pre-athlete, anyone who's young, anyone in life is, listen, there's going to be dark times. There's going to be great times. Embrace them both, but always know when you're in the darkness that the light is coming, and it's an opportunity to rebuild yourself, and it's an opportunity to really thoroughly enjoy the next wave that's coming. That's that's
0: great. Yeah, it's a great, great word to end on. Colin, thank you so much for coming on today. It was great talking with you and just talking about sports and athletics and what you're doing with athletic fortitude obviously is, is something that is really inspiring. And I encourage everybody that's listening to go check, check that out too. So thank you.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Ken. It's awesome being able to come on here and, and speak the word and talk about some things that we got going on. So I appreciate you for having me.
0: All right. Well, for all of our listeners out there, please make sure to share this episode and subscribe to the show. It means so much to us. If you don't get anything else from this, just remember this. Jesus loves you, and he's going to fight for you no matter what. Talk to you all next time.